Hey guys, time for a very special announcement. I'm very excited to introduce you all to Howl.fm. This is the best and most convenient way to listen to all episodes of Happy, Sad, Confused. It's on the web at Howl.fm and on the go with the brand new Howl app. You can stream and download all Happy, Sad, Confused episodes that have been released in the past six months with this, guys. And you can go beyond just the shows with behind-the-scenes photos, commentaries, and much more. Plus, if you want to upgrade to Howl Premium for only $4.99 a month, you'll get exclusive access to the entire Happy, Sad, Confused archive, every single episode going all the way back, and to all the Earwolf and Wolf Pop archives. This includes all episodes older than six months. Six months, All have been remastered, no ads on any of them. Plus, only with Hal Premium, you can listen to hundreds of hours of WTF with Mark Marin, the gold standard guys, right? You can hear all the classic interviews with Robin Williams, Louis C.K., and so much more. Hal has also partnered with some of your favorite hosts and comedians to develop Howl Originals, brand new shows available only with Howl Premium. You really need to check it out. Check out great new series from Lauren Lapkus and the AV Club right now. Already, there are 10 brand new hilarious Howl Originals, and they are adding new shows every week. So get access to all this exclusive content Content, both on your phone and on your desktop with Hal Premium for only $4.99 a month. And with the promo code HAPPY, you get a full month of a free trial. So go to Hal.fm, enter the code HAPPY at checkout, and you're off and running. Remember, you can use Hal on your phone or your computer, but you can only use my promo code on the Hal.fm website. Go to Hal.fm, that's H-O-W-L dot and use the promo code HAPPY for one month free trial of premium. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I am Josh Horowitz and this is my voice. This is my podcast. I just tried to make it sound a little bit more exciting and momentous than it is. It's just a weekly podcast, guys. It's just an interview. It's just me talking to somebody cool and important. If you're into movies and TV, that's important, right? It is to me. Um, thanks for tuning in as always, guys. Welcome back to the show. Um, another great guest this week on uh, Happy Second Fused in the person of Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, uh, of course, the most well-known for uh, the two amazing Spider-Man films, The Social Network, and now starring in a tremendous new movie called 99 Homes. This is kind of a sneak peek because 99 Homes actually doesn't open uh, until, I believe, September 25th. So this is just an amuse-bouche before the main event, before getting to enjoy the film in theaters, uh, as you as you should. I really did enjoy this one. This is um, it's kind of a two-hander. It's Andrew and the epicness that is Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon for me is, I think he's just about my favorite actor working on the planet today. Um, and uh, you just might be hearing him on this podcast very soon, but enough about Michael Shannon. Andrew Garfield is the guy this week. Uh, we talk about a lot in this episode. Um, in my experience with Andrew, he's, it's interesting. Cause I was saying to people before the interview, I wasn't sure which Andrew I was going to get because I've, I've spoken to him where he's very kind of in serious, super, um, actory mode. And I've also spoken to him when he's kind of silly. And I think, um, 
happily for this conversation because we had some time to really uh, go into a lot of different areas, you're going to see both sides of him in this conversation. It's a thoughtful conversation given that 99 Homes is about some weighty issues. It's um, it's it sounds. To describe it is maybe not selling it as well as it should be, but he, he, here's the thumbnail. It's basically a thriller set during um, the housing collapse of a few years back, uh, back rather. And um, Andrew plays a guy kicked out of his home alongside his mother uh, and his son, um, and he's forced to kind of make a deal with the devil to um, turn his life around to get um, his to, to pay for you know the thing the necessities of life and that's when michael shannon comes into the picture um in a very charismatic um seductive kind of role uh it's a great two-hander and it's fun to see andrew in something where he's not required to put on tights uh uh spider-man films are they're just i don't know there's so much there's so much um extreme opinion about those films when i think the reality is somewhere in between i don't think and I think Andrew would probably agree with me on this. You know, they're flawed films, but I think I, I will stand behind uh, them and say that there, there is stuff to enjoy in them. And that includes Andrew's performance and his chemistry clearly with uh, Emma Stone. Um, that will hold up, I think, on repeated viewings, even if some of the other stuff uh, didn't work. But um, Andrew's a good guy. He's a, a really talented actor, um, and he's uh, he's already completed work on the new Martin Scorsese film silence. He's one of the leads in that. Um, he's, he, you know, he's, he's quickly put together an impressive resume, which also includes time on the stage. I got a chance to see him a few years back in death of a salesman, um, which was a really moving piece of work. And, and, and we, we briefly touch on it in the, in the conversation because it co-starred, um, really starred Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, in the, in the main performance and directed by Mike Nichols, which obviously lends that production a certain weight. Um, so anyway, it was cool to, cool to talk to Andrew, and I think you're going to really dig this conversation from a, a smart, thoughtful young actor with a, a great future ahead of him and, and some great work already behind him. Um, what else to mention? As I tape this, I'm taping this introduction a little bit in, uh, early because I'm packing my bags tonight. I'm heading off to the Toronto Film Festival. This, this is going to be, I think, my seventh or eighth uh, visit to the Toronto Film Festival, which... I'm not sure. People always ask me which which of the festivals is my favorite. They're, they're they all kind of have their um, seductive points. And Toronto's is, I think, that pound for pound, the films are just better. It's kind of a launching pad for the Oscar season, and uh, invariably you see better films. I've actually already seen a bunch of films. They've been screening a bunch for me um, and others here in New York. So. Um, literally the last 24 hours i've seen three films all of which were excellent and all of which will be in the oscar hunt so um it's exciting to see sort of that turn from summer movies which you know there's good and bad and ugly to you know, the fall films which uh invariably has some some more quality to them so I'm, I'm really excited for toronto not to mention the fact that i'm going to sit down with a ton of great people some of it by the time you listen to this you're going to probably see some of the conversations on mtv's uh youtube page and on mtv.com but um you know we're talking i'm talking to the cast of black mass and sicario and free held um actors like um uh you know 
uh, Sicario has um, Emily Blunt and Benicio del Toro and Josh Brolin. I'm talking to Kristen Stewart for it seems like the fifteenth time in in <laughs> in three months about her new film Equals. Nicholas Holtz also in that one talking to him, catching up with Tom Hiddleston who has two films at the festival. Um, Jessica Chastain and Matt Damon and, and company from The Martian. Uh, too many films to count. Um, we're covering them all for MTV and I'm uh, talking to them all for MTV.com. So check out all the content there uh, and keep listening to Happy, Sad, Confused. If you have any suggestions on folks you want to hear on the show, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Joshua Horowitz. Send me your questions. Next week, I'll get back to the question and answer game and answer some of your probing questions for me. Um, and in the meantime, I'll toss it over to this uh, lovely chat with uh, the brilliant young actor that is Mr. Andrew Garfield. Enjoy. Get the form out. Ugh. We're just doing, Andrew and I are doing our vocal exercises. Yeah, that's right. I think, do you ever do anything like that? No. Should I? Do you? you no, must. I should. For this stuff, I should. What about like, when you're doing theater? Uh, yeah, do that? theater, yeah. yeah. But um, what does why it sound not like? for this stuff? It should be for this stuff. I want to preview. What does it sound like? Uh, Hopefully we're rolling uh, on this. You just try to open up your throat. I used to, you sometimes gargle with like the shower water in the mornings right. and sing with them anyway. Well, luckily we have shower water. Mm. We're gonna bring in. Throw it on. <laughs> yeah. Anchorman. What are you doing, Anchorman? Those are the best. Oh, the only thing I think of is the hands. It's, it's just the hands. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, you don't have to hold a microphone for this. Good. Uh, it's good to see you, man. It's been it's too really long. It's nice to see you as well. As I was saying, I'm a big, big fan of this film. I, oh, uh, I'm excited to talk to both you and Michael in a bit about this. Um, first, let's get the important stuff out of the way. Yeah. The hair. Uh, I mean, you know. I know. This is a national obsession. I'm getting out of the way so we can move on to more important things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you've, you've, you've tightened it all up today. Don't you're, act like you're actually interested. You're hiding it from me. This Why? is like a boss question that he's like, you've got to ask about the hair. You know what the sad thing is? It's not. Oh, no, even worse. <laughs> it's a legitimate. <laughs> well, I am fascinated by the man bun. Who isn't? Fascination and man bun shouldn't be in the same sentence. <laughs> Um, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And I hair generally, or just no, no. Hair is hair, and it's fine. I don't have anything against hair specifically, but it's more the furor <laughs> so that surrounds so it. No, I mean yes, of course it's stupid. Um, but um, I had to grow my hair out for a film that I did recently, and I haven't cut it because I'm scared because I will need to make sure I don't I don't do anything because of the next film I do. I have to have a certain haircut, so I can't. Just stop ask, stop pressuring me. <laughs> yeah, certainly you're sweating. I've never seen you. I've asked you tough questions over the years, and this is the one where you break down. <laughs> and also, I think there's something, because I have a mustache right now as well. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. And, um, you know, I'm, I don't think they look good on me, these things. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I like keeping them, because we're in a culture right now which is... You know, everyone's just like, you know, everyone has an opinion, and I, and I know that people don't like the, 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 how I look, and I think uh, that I, Maybe a few paparazzi fall off. That's right, yeah, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a kind of, a yeah, it's like a repellent. <laughs> um, no, I, I kind of, there's a little bit of me that's like, well, fuck it, I'll look, I'll, I'll look like this. And I had a big beard last year as well, yeah, and people were like, what the fuck is that beard? You had the um, last man on earth beard. Yeah, right, that's how I was so. feeling inside. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I think it's, it may just be a little bit of like a, oh, you don't like it? Good. 
<laughs> so to clarify, uh, the last couple of days when I saw it out and about, that was not, you're not doing a Harry when Styles. When it was out and about. You're not doing the Harry Styles biopic. This is not. This is I'm not, petitioning. Yeah, you're going I'm campaigning. You're secreting. Out subliminally, <laughs> just like, is his life full and rich enough to have a biopic done about it yet? I think it's time. It's time. <laughs> He's what, 21? Something like that. Yeah, it's. it's but I can't uh, think of any, a bigger 1D fan than you, so. Why no, not? that's right. That's right. You, you, you got me. <laughs> So we've spoken a lot over the years about uh, the Spider-Man franchise, but it's, it's interesting to note that since doing those two films, as far as I can tell, you've done basically three projects. You've worked with Martin Scorsese, mm. you did Death of a Salesman on Broadway, mm. and this, 99 mm. Homes, which mm -hmm. speaks pretty well of what is in the script and the filmmaker behind this one, yeah. that it's of the caliber that makes you want to jump on board. Yeah. Give me a sense of where you were at when this one emerged and why 99 Homes was the thing to do. <clears throat> um. I was doing the second Spider-Man film and, you know, reading a lot of stuff, really good stuff, um, that's, that have turned into great films that other actors did. But, the, you know, it's like a friend of mine who happens to be a, a Jesuit priest here in the city says, uh, um, just not, 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 the, not the good that you were called to, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there are, certain, there are certain songs that come on the radio that may be great songs, but it doesn't make me want to dance, you know? Right. And there are certain songs that could be really bad songs. That just made me want to <laughs> anyway, no, no, but so I, I read a lot of things and none of, nothing would just kind of hit, you know, that bell inside. And yeah. I, I got to page 30, I think, of 99 Homes. Even just hearing about what the film was about and Ramin told me what it was about. He actually thought of me when he saw Death of a Salesman because I think there's a, some correspondence between the themes in this film and the themes that Arthur Miller was wrestling with sure. as well. And I think Ramin has that, that kind of lofty ambition of creating very American stories, re very reflective of, of, of the time and place we're in as a country and as a culture and society. So I read it and as I got to page 30 and it just was just the bell was ringing inside. And page 30 is the end of the Nash family eviction. There was it's something. Heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, there's something so like viscerally relatable, even though I've never been evicted and I've never, right. you know, but I know what, I somehow knew what that experience was and it shook me to my core and I thought, well, this is, it's rare that you get to read a film script that's about something. Um, and it's fascinating that, like, I mean, I was just, I was just trying to describe it to the guys here about, like, literally what the film is about and, yeah. like, you know, the shorthand is what, it's kind of like a, a drama thriller set against the housing crisis, but it's like, that doesn't do it justice in the way that, this has become a very personal, it's a very personal story, a very yeah. human story. Yeah. And it also operates, frankly, as like a riveting, like edge of your seat thriller. Oh, good, which good. Is, which is a hell of an accomplishment. Oh, cool. I mean, talk to me a little bit about, I mean, I, I heard Ramin is the filmmaker, Ramin, right? Yeah. I heard him talk a little bit about like using some non-actors in the course yeah, of this. Was yeah. that something that, again, was sort of part of the package that made this worth doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, me and Ramin share, like one of our favorite filmmakers is um, Ken Loach. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've been a fan of his since, as far as I can remember, and the the reality that he creates, you know, and and you, I, you know, the, one of the first films I did was a film called Boye which, with, with Peter Mullen, who right. did My Name is Joe with Ken Loach. And it's these dream stories that he told me about how he works, where the boom operator will be hidden in a bush, and the camera, you, don't, you won't even know that there's a camera rolling, but then stuff just happens and you respond. Yeah. I mean, as far as film work goes, you can afford that kind of level of 
spontaneity and presence. And uh, to, we're, uh, as an actor in film, you're always trying to trick yourself in, into the moment. You're right. trying to get all the crap out of the way. And whether you look good or whether you're going to be good or whether you, you have anything to offer or not, just, just to be present. Right. So anything that helps that is really exciting. And I, you know, that was really early discussions that Ramina and I had about how we wanted to work. And I didn't want to know who was going to be on the other side of the door on any day where I was going to be knocking on a door. I didn't want to know if there was going to be anyone there. I just wanted to know what my job was for that day, whether it was an eviction, a cash for keys, or a, uh, I don't know, a strip gram you know? <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make the cut of the okay, film. I didn't make the cut. It, was, it would have been a bit of a detour. Magic uh, Mike uh, crossover. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, that was uh, so rewarding. And, you know, and the non the non actors that we got to play with, so many of them were going through the very thing, or had 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 some experience with the very thing that the film was dealing with, and it just just adds this kind of weight and this energy to what we were doing. And it's when you know a film starts to transcend itself and starts to go, oh, we're now we're now in in the world, and yeah. that's where art is supposed to be. It's supposed to be uh, in the world. Can you, can you set up a little bit about the arc of this character? Because this guy definitely goes on on a journey in terms of where we see him in that first act through his relationship with Michael Shannon's character and sort of where that develops. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he starts out as, as uh, just a good boy, really. He's, he's, trying to, he's trying to do right by his family and he's trying to make an honest living, you know, like so many Americans are doing right. or trying to do. Um, and he happens to be one of the Americans that uh, doesn't have the opportunity to, um, for all the social economic reasons that so many Americans experience this very thing. Um, and he's basically put into a situation where he loses everything and he feels like a total failure as a provider, as a man. And, and then he's given an opportunity to provide, but the only way he's able to do that is if he compromises his soul, if he compromises his integrity and his ethic. Yeah. And what he knows um, in his heart to be a good life, he has to sacrifice that in order to provide, which is what the system is, is, is enforcing upon him. And from there, you know, there's this kind of downward slope that he... but upward as well in, in in one way like the soul is going down yes. but like his his worldly success is going up and yeah. i don't i don't think that's an unfamiliar territory for any of us i i can speak for myself like how many compromises are we how many to make? compromises and, yeah. yeah and what does it take to make it what does it take to be liked what does it take to be accepted to yeah. be uh, not rejected by your family, not rejected by a friend, not rejected by a, a, a work colleague or by a boss. Right. Um, how much do you have to swallow in order to get through the day? And I, you know, I keep thinking the, the corresponding thing for, for me in my experience, especially uh, re in recent years, is paparazzi. And I speak, I speak to a lot of paparazzi when I get a chance to, when there's, when there's, few, few, enough, when there's few of them enough where I can actually, actually connect. And after the, the usual defensiveness on both sides, we get to a place of real deep conversation. They're like, I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to be doing this. I, I, I hate that I have to do this, but it's hard out here and I have no other way of surviving. And I don't ever want to take, take your picture ever again. And you know, all this stuff. And I, I believe it sincerely. Yeah. I do believe underneath 
they, they, they don't want to be hated. No one wants to be hated. Right. Um, anyway, I, I. So if if nothing else, it gives me compassion for, <laughs> you know, people who are forced into a job that doesn't actually fulfill them and doesn't feel like. Doesn't feel like it's of them. I, and I think I think I don't know. I, I think a great deal of the population can identify with that, not being given the opportunity to give their gifts to the world in a way that is authentic to who they are. Yeah. Um, and actually, in fact, being forced into a, a job and a profession that costs so much to the soul and feels like, like they're sacrificing something deeper in order to survive. And that's, I mean, understandable and tragic Again, to me. And once you're in it for a week, a month, six years, ten years of your life, it's like, how do you extricate yourself from that situation? It's almost impossible for many people. It takes, that's, that, it takes a tidal wave of transformation and some, and, and terror, you know? Yeah. It's terrifying. Jumping off a cliff. To, to, to change. So it also deals a lot with, we were talking about that heartbreaking scene of um, being evicted from your character's home early in the film, and the, the notion of home and, and how important that is to all of us. I'm curious, since we have some time to talk sort of a, in, a, in a larger um, framework of your career, what was what was your childhood bedroom like? What was your childhood like as a kid? <laughs> cool. What did it look like? Uh, yeah. Well, it evolved a lot. <laughs> you know, of course. Do you mean childhood as in preteen or teenage? Well, whatever or? you want. What's your most vivid recollection of mm. your? Of your I, remember, I remember when I first got my own room. Away, can I, probably when I was the, the Connor's age, the, the, my son in the film, Noah's age, like 11, 10, 11, and I finally got my own room away from my brother's room, and. Uh, I, I wanted to, to put the bed underneath this little corner desk so that it, f it felt like a fort. Sure. It felt like a cave. Yeah. And I could like <laughs> hide all of the naked pictures of, of girls and <laughs> underneath the skateboard magazine, pullouts in the surfing magazine <laughs> pictures and just stickers everywhere like bands like Rage Against Machine and um, you know Green Day mm. and Nirvana and Pearl Jam and... And lots of uh, like hip hop, like The Far Side and uh, um, N.W.A. And, um, and now know. we're moving into your current room, wherever your current bedroom. is. Oh, that, my that, current room. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. It's a preserve. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of a monument. Right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, my current room? <laughs> what's um, what's uh, and what about film-wise? What were what were the first obsessions on that side? On the first obsessions, well, um, it was it was all VHS usually. Copied from from the cable TV or whatever. Oh, well, you know Michael J. Fox movies, Teen Wolf, and and Back to the Future, and uh, Doc Hollywood, and uh, <laughs> Secret Secret of My Success, um, uh, and then early Tom Hanks films like Big and um, Splash, Dragnet with uh, Dan Aykroyd, and you know Ghostbusters and. Yeah, and Bill and Ted, and um, and I was, and then I, but then I got obsessed with any given Sunday. That's not a So that was a poster that I had. Okay. Strangely, I had a, at the any given Sunday poster. I, don't know why. I still love that movie. If it's ever on, I'll just watch. Any movie where Al Pacino screams for a good twenty minutes yeah. is a good movie. I absolutely loved it, and I still do. I stand by that that choice. Well, you, you went off with a couple that I, I think indelibly. I'm a little bit older than you, but I remember like a day. How I, old are you? I, I'm 39. Oh, you are. I came back from a summer camp one year, and I saw a triple feature. Every after summer camp, I would go with my brother, my older brother, to see. Bunch of movies, and I saw a triple feature of Back to the Future, Teen Wolf, and Real Genius in one day. 
and like <laughs> I basically my life has been downhill. That's I it. Mean, what's what's left to do? Where do you go? Where do you go, Andrew? That's it. No, that's it. And you're trying to recreate it <laughs> every day about. from now on. <laughs> I totally that that's an amazing wow wow. Were that's you, a great day. What it was? Um, Star Wars, big Star Wars fan. I I do. I am a Star Wars fan, but it wasn't as big in my imagination really? as as Indiana Jones. And um, and Back to the Future, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I love it. So I'm really excited. And obviously, I just went with Adam. I was going to say, was that, where was that in the sequence? Had he already shot? He'd shot it, yeah. Uh, he didn't tell me nothing. No. <laughs> he, was, he, was really, he was really on it, man. But what an actor. And I think oh my God. so. Bring something different each time a little bit. Totally. I just saw While We're Young. Great. And That's he's so good. <laughs> he's yeah. so good. Yeah. Today's sponsor of Happy Sad Confused is Casper Mattresses, obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash happy using the code happy. Listen, you guys probably spend at least a third of your life sleeping if you're like me. So let's make sure you're doing it on a good mattress. Casper brings together two comfy technologies for better nights and brighter days, latex foam and memory foam. So they've got just the right sink and just the right bounce no matter how you sleep. Plus, they've got a risk-free trial and return policy. They'll deliver it straight to you. You can try it for 100 days. And if you're not happy, they'll pick it back up. At the store, maybe you get a minute to try a mattress. With Casper, you actually get to sleep on it. It's only $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king. Compare that to industry averages, and it's an outstanding price point, guys. So get $50 towards any mattress purchased by going to casper.com happy and use the code happy. Terms and conditions apply. Um, when you look back, I mean, the, you know, if I had to guess or an, an easy guess about like the turning point of a career, um, whether it's a meeting or audition, is social network, is it that, or is it the Spider-Man gig or whatever? When, when you think back, do you think back to like one kind of shift where like it kicked into another gear or your mindset changed in terms of what your career was becoming? I think it depends what you mean by a turning point in, in a career because, it, you know, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer that. Um, to be honest, I feel. Whenever I think about that question, I just I just feel so grateful because I start to think about how lucky I am that I get to do this at all. Yeah. You know that I get to do what I love for a living is insane. Not let alone, you know, with the Spider-Man thing, play someone that I wanted to be since I was three years old. It's like, how do you? That's how do you earn that? Yeah. You're never going to really feel like you've earned that. Um, even though I, you know, I obviously work really hard, but it's not, it's never, I don't know, I'm never going to feel comfortable with right. the opportunity I've been given. Was, for instance, going back further, was like Doctor Who a, a, a big moment <laughs> at the time? To be honest, no. It, That's no. okay, because I've, I've, I've always intimidated by it, because I've never watched it, because yeah. there are so many. Where do you begin? I know, I know. <laughs> I have respect for it. I have so much respect Absolutely. for it. And yeah. it's like, I think it, like people are obsessed with it in the same way that I'm obsessed with Back to the Future or Indiana yeah. Jones and uh, or anything to do with Michael J. Fox, like 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 I totally understand that it's like got this incredibly deep following. Um, but for me, it was it was it was like uh, in that moment, I knew that it was like a, a big big deal to be a part of this kind of like heritage. So I did feel a sense of pride. Right. But uh, it, to be honest, it, it, you know, it's not it's not it, it was never my big fanboy kind of thing. Yeah. 
I think the first time I, I, I saw you in a film, and I didn't realize who I was looking at at the time and the, the amount of wonderful times we'd have together back then, was Lines for Lambs. <laughs> Lines for Lambs. Yeah, yeah. which is amazing to, yeah. to think. Like, I mean, it's, it's, honestly, it's a, it's a film that slipped by a lot of people. It did, yeah. But Robert Redford directed. You yep. basically, as I recall, it's just a lot of FaceTime. You yeah. sit down yeah. with Robert, kind of lecturing each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you think back to when you think of that? That was great. I mean, what a, what a trip. That was my first movie. That was the first time I ever did a movie. Yeah. And it was him, with him, and again, on a script and a subject that felt so cool and vital to me, and I was so excited to be a part of. And yeah, it did slip by people, but you know, I don't know, have another look at it, because I think Meryl's in it, TC's in it. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Tom Cruise? TC? Do you just text him, pay TC I don't have his number. But no, no, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Tommy, that's what he Tommy Cruiser. Cruiser liar. You know, I I mean, again, he's such a, again, like, I'm really excited that he had such a great success recently with the Mission Impossible thing. No, I hear it's incredible. I saw recently Edge of Tomorrow. Amazing. And it's, he's he's just, he is yeah. Tom, he is. He's, we need him. He's, we do. He's, such a, he's such a movie star. He's so brilliant. <laughs> and sort of the best possible. Yeah. Way he's so uncynical. Him. He's just like, yeah. and I, and you know, I've had very few interactions with him, but I actually really, he's a really decent guy. Absolutely. A really good guy. Absolutely. I've never seen a guy literally, I mean, it's a small thing, but I would say, like, if you've ever, on my side of things, worked a red carpet, yeah. Tom gets there first. Oh, no, yeah. There. He's so generous. <laughs> He's such a generous presence. Anyway. Um, you talked about kind of like the goal of many <clears throat> roles or, or, or trying to kind of break it down where there's no, there, it's authentic. It feels real and yeah. there's no sense of um, falseness to it. I would think that's part of the Fincher, what Fincher's going for. Yeah. It's kind of breaking you down a little yeah. bit with all those takes. Totally. That, was, that, was that sort of, and did you feel like you got to that place where you were like, okay, I'm worn down on take 45 and yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I have to be just raw and instinctual mm-hmm. and... Yeah. Again, but it's, it's without, that's, that's what he's going for. Right. Just like taking, like you're not even thinking yeah. about being authentic anymore. You're just like, fuck you. <laughs> just want to get out of here. Just like, <laughs> and then you suddenly, you do something that is just weird and real yeah. and uh, yeah I loved it I absolutely loved it I would work like that forever because and, and also I'm a workaholic in the sense that I never feel like I'm ever giving enough or right. I'm never given enough so with Fincher is the only time I really and doing theatre is the only time that I've ever felt satisfied at the end of every night yeah. where you kind of go okay I am just going to sleep because I can't <laughs> I know I gave all I have to give it's a good feeling it's a wonderful feeling um, and it's frustrating and it's angering but but, but really, it's just beautiful. I really like it. When you look back on, and I, I got a chance to see you and then Philip Seymour Hoffman and a great cast and mm. the salesman. When you look back on that experience, I mean, it must be colored by the fact that we've lost Phil and Mike Nichols in the yeah. last couple of years, which is yeah. crazy. Um, does it change sort of the, the recollection of that experience now? Or is of course, it, yeah. Know? I mean, obviously, it was always going to be this mighty re- remembrance, no matter, you know, just unto itself. Yeah that play in New York with those people, Linda, Finn, Phil, Mike. Um, (laughs) I can't even, you know, it's one of those ones that may not be suitable for television. Well, let's talk a little bit um, less weighty, but still weighty, the Spider-Man experience, which you've you've talked a lot about recently. Right. I, I mean, 
I'm curious in a couple of respects. So, like, when you shot your last day on the second film, yeah, did you have any sense that that might be it? I'm trying to remember what, what the last day was. If I mean, I guess I'm asking, like, what was your what your sense of confidence going out of that film was about the franchise? You never know, do you? Yeah. I, and I don't think I knew. I, I never. I always think the last job is going to be my last job ever, anyway. Um, I'm going to break down the film industry all by myself <laughs> and my own career. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I feel a lot about yeah. that five years and that character and the whole experience. It's not one thing, it's so many different things. Yeah. I mean, was, in looking back, is there. Can you pinpoint a time where you felt it was? I mean, there's a lot to be proud of. That, well, let's get that out of the way first, because I feel like a lot of this, those two films, has been yeah. clouded now. I in, don't know why that is, because you know I, mean? I agree with you. I think there is a lot of really, really good stuff in there. I know there's a lot of heart in there. Yeah. I know there's a lot of. I'm really proud of a lot of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, was is there a, a time you can pinpoint where you felt it was starting to drag in a direction that you weren't satisfied with, or is it um, hard to pinpoint a specific? moment it's hard to get into that in a in a in an intimate honest way because there's i don't know if there's any need yeah to go into that in a public way you know it, i i will say i i'm so grateful i'm like this and this is a little bit of a cop-out but i am really grateful okay. yeah. i am totally grateful for those experiences and for all the people that I got to collaborate with and meet and spend time with and be in, be in battle with. Um, and, uh, you know, you know when something is feeling in your bones like it's, like it, you, you know when something feels right. Yeah. And, and you also know when something is, is feeling like is, 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 is scaring, yeah. is, you know, and, and I like to be scared, but in a good way, you know, I like to feel challenged and, you know. I get it. I mean, looking ahead just now as a fan and you get to be a fan. Yeah. Were you surprised at all that they didn't go in the Miles Morales direction? A lot of people were saying that. Unfortunately, that... I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Um, it's a bummer. First of all, Tom Holland, Amazing actor. Yes. Yeah. So that has to be said first, and I think they've made a really, really smart choice um, in choosing that actor, and I think he's going to have a ball, like it seems that all those actors have in the Marvel films. Um, it just looks like they're all having fun together, and I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, Does, um, Spielberg said the other day that, uh, and I feel like, you know, He's a pretty wise man in the film industry. He's saying the superhero <laughs> genre, it could go the way of the Western, where it's, it's cyclical, right? Right. It'll last, it'll go away, it'll come back. Yeah, I don't know. What Any do you think? I, think? I think he's probably right. I yeah. think, I mean, I think it'll last. I, think, I don't think it's going away this yeah. year or five years from now. Right. But I think in a, in a, in a storytelling, um, from a storytelling perspective, my... My I, my perspective on them has shifted a lot because you know of course I just went and going Spider Man I'm a guy I'm just going to be Spider Man I'm going to save the world, um, and I see of course you get older and you start to consider well what would I show my kids what would I lead my kids toward yeah 
there may be something dangerous about the one man coming and saving humanity. Right. It kind of abdicates the rest of us as responsibility. <laughs> and actually, you know, we have had great figures in our in the history of, of time. Right. You know, I think about Gandhi and John Lennon and Martin Luther King, sure. and whoever you want to name. These great progressive movements. But they are movements. But they're movements. Yeah. It's, and it just happens to be one person yeah. who's the face. But behind that person is a community, right. and everyone bringing their gifts into the community. So this idea that the world is going to be saved by one man, by one woman, is a fallacy, evidently. So I'm a little concerned, maybe. I'm starting to think about that, and I'm starting to think about, well, what's what's really going to change the world? Right. It's, 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 if, it's if all of us are living our destiny. It's if all of us, it's, it's, it's if the paparazzi guys put the cameras down and go and do the, the fine art degree that right. they thought they were always <laughs> supposed to do. Or, yeah. you know, the guy who's doing insurance picks up his stand-up routine and goes and does it in front of whatever. It's like, sure. you know, that's, that's what's going to change the world. Um, well, even your last Spider-Man film kind of ended on that note of inspiration, of, of inspiring that little kid. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. That was one of my favorite parts of the film, and just for my own ego gratification, was my idea. It was that storyline was something that I really felt. I was like, ah, oh, this film is missing me as a seven-year-old. This right. is this is missing all of us as a seven-year-old being inspired, and giving, being given the strength, the idea to to be who we are. We can be who we are, all yeah. of us. Um, and, and we can step into fear and be courageous in our own lives. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. And I feel a little bit egotistical mentioning that it was my idea. No. But, uh, but I'm really, but I, that's what, is one of the things I'm really yeah. proud of in that, in that because that, that track feels really good to me. One of the next times that we'll probably talk is, I assume next year is Silence yeah. at this point. Mm -hmm. He's not sneaking this in at the end of this year as far as we know. No, 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 okay. he, he's not ready. <laughs> he won't be ready. Take a little time. Yeah, I think room. so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Martin Scorsese, Silence. Mm -hmm. This is a film that we've heard about for many years with different casts, and you've gotten a chance <coughs> to... Um, this is a huge opportunity that must have felt weighty before getting into it, and then when you're in it, you are you have to be in it, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Um, did it live up to whatever high expectations you would put on it? Beyond, yeah. Beyond ex exceeded any idea of what I thought it would be. Partly due to the material and being being able to swim around in... In material like that and themes uh, so rich and deep and of course him as a film in Marty Martin Scorsese as a film I can't say Marty you can say uh, Marty. no I can't nobody calls him Marty <laughs> no, <I can't. laughs> you call him TC Tom Cruise <laughs> you call him Marty <laughs> did he did you come away with that from I mean you clearly are an appreciator of film as it is but mm -hmm. this is a notorious walking talking encyclopedia did, <sighs> did he turn you on to Yes. Filmmakers and films. Oh yeah, no, he gave me boxes of. He actually helped me in research with Night Night Homes. I, I actually was able to email him and say, "So this is a story about the, it's kind of a deal with the devil kind of story. It's kind of a man losing his own soul in order to, you know, blah 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 blah. Do you have any ideas for movies to watch?" And he was just like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll send him out to Wikipedia. Him. He's got he doesn't need Google. He had like all these burned like copies of like the weirdest and what most wonderful kind of yeah, just incredible. Um, and just and yeah, he is. He's just lived a good life, hasn't he? Oh my god! He's lived a good life, and he's now an elder of the community in yeah. the way that he's mentoring in a constant way. Yeah. He's mentoring young filmmakers and actors and and whatnot, and he's really figured out it's about giving. He's really figured that out. Mike was the exact same. Nichols was the exact same way. He they, they the good ones figure out 
it's about what can I leave you with that is gonna gonna help you, and then what can then you leave with the next guy, and then you and the next guy. Yeah. Well, it's so inspiring too to see this enthusiasm and energy from this guy who's over seventy. Yeah. I mean, in the last couple of years we've had—I don't know if you've seen Matt Max either, but like yeah. George Miller at seventy, reclining action, and Lawrence totally. Scorsese just killing it with yeah. Wall Street, which felt like a twenty-five-year-old. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, no, and he is that on set. He's, yeah. he's, 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 he's so, he's so against aging. He's not. He's, he's, he's going the opposite way. Yeah. He's saying no. Um, when you came in today, we were talking. Your next gig in a couple of days, you're off to work with Mel Gibson and mm-hmm. hell of a cast on. Mm. on by the way, a hell of a name for a film. Hacksaw Ridge. Like, we're already <laughs> <friends>. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Is that your name? I want your name to be Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> the if next great action hero. So Jessica to Mel, you don't, have to, you don't have to take credit for it. Well, it's based on this guy, true story about this guy called Desmond Doss, but maybe we could rename him Hacksaw Ridge for the, for the purposes Desmond of Hollywood. Or Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah, I mean. it's Hollywood. It's like, they expect it, it's fine. Did, did it take, though, a little reconciling? Mel is, without a doubt, an amazing talent. I'm a huge fan of his. He's yeah, had his troubles, as many have. Yes. Um, as all ha- of us. Yeah. Have, we all have our trouble. I mean, do you have to reconcile that, get that out of the way, and figure out, like, I need to talk to this guy and figure out what he's about? And, and Not really. I, 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 to be honest, I don't pay much attention to the gossipy kind of personal lives of, 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 of people. And, and if I needed to, in, 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 in certain cases, I would. In this case, uh, it didn't feel... Well, well, here's the thing. I first of all met... We, we, we met, and, we, and I really just liked him. And I... Before that, I'd just been a fan of his work as an actor and as a filmmaker. So it was kind of simple. The story is beautiful, and he wants to tell it in a way that is that is honoring of, of this man. And, you know, I have no comment. I really don't have any comment on someone's... Yeah. On someone's personal personal life in that way. And, of course, if I, if I couldn't reconcile anything, I wouldn't go to work. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I feel... I feel like really excited, to be honest. So you're literally about to start work on this one. I'm curious, when are you at your most unpleasant to be around? Is it before a movie starts, <laughs> during the movie, or in the post-movie? I think there's a couple of people in the room that could probably <laughs> We'll bring them in in a second. <laughs> but I want to hear from you. Is it just a con... It's probably a, 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 a so constant... line of a constant misery. <laughs> My friend Rufus <laughs> falling down in his chair. Um, no, I... Uh, Probably, well, what feels most unpleasant to me, I don't know if it's unpleasant for everyone else, is, uh, is, is after, it's about a couple of weeks after, mm-hmm. uh, where I just hit a is, real low. Is it just like, I have nothing left to do, what do I, like, I spent all my energy If I don't have anything lined up, I'll, I'll go into this kind of purposeless wasteland. Are you walking with your arms oh, stretched out? Be- <laughs> Reaching for the things. Street? What is he doing? No, I, I'll just, I'll feel like I'm like floating in oblivion. Right. Um, yeah, and and all the adrenaline will have left my body, and I would have stopped patting myself on the back for working so hard, <laughs> and it would have been you know two weeks after a project, and I'll be like, who am I? <laughs> what am I doing? What did I just do? It's all meaningless. <laughs> and then you just kind of. Uh, it's it's hard, man. I don't know about you, but I I can't go to work unless it's I have to, yeah. you know, and uh, unless it's totally personal and full of purpose and meaning. And 
as we know, those films are hardly made, you know, and it, and and then you're reliant on there being a part in them for you, and then you're reliant on the director <laughs> thinking you're right for that right. part, and then you're reliant on the dates being. Yeah. So I don't often, I don't really get. I'm always ready to work, and I, I um, so I, I'm I'm in I'm in the process of trying to figure out what happens when when I'm waiting, and I'm, and in terms of to transfer transform that into not waiting, but for. Do you pour it into anything dumb and stupid, like in terms of I'm gonna binge watch, I'm gonna play video games, <laughs> I'm gonna be in fantasy football, I'm uh, gonna do anything outlet like that? Do you have? I don't have. It's not like no, not dumb and stupid, but but more like um, I have lots of different things I love to do, but. Um, no, I th the dumb and stupid stuff. I do the dumb and stupid stuff while I'm working <laughs> to to offset the intensity of whatever it is we're doing. Um, but uh, but no, I really I like to feel of like I have a purpose in the world. So what's some of the dumb and stupid stupid uh, stuff while you're while you're working? What is some of the dumb and stupid stuff like while I'm working? Candy Crush <laughs> is, the, is the main thing, probably. Really? Well, because it's just it occupies me. It's so colorful. Yeah, and it's so soothing, <laughs> especially if you're in the middle of 1600 Japan and God isn't responding. Right. Uh, okay, if you're like Candy Crush. Marty, check this out. You gotta try this. Get it on your phone. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, I love I love watching comedy comedy films and comedy TV. I just started watching them on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, it's so good. She's really, really good. Has the theme song gotten in your brain yet? Well, I, I that what well, that song is based upon. Oh, the I've original seen that, that, that is famous my, viral video of you yeah, already doing this. Well, that's my yeah, <laughs> that's your jam. That's my theme song. Yeah, that's my theme song. They stole it. Um, no, so I'm watching that, and uh, but that's not stupid and dumb. That's no, brilliant. It's not. That's like absolutely. I need it. I need it in my life. Um, speaking of stupid and dumb, mm. let's play a little a quick stupid and dumb game. <laughs> uh, I, I played this with a bunch of people. It's called this or that. Uh -huh. It's very simple. Just this or that. I'm going to give you a couple. Things to choose from. I feel what like you're lulling me into a false sense no. of security. <laughs> That's what this whole interview was. It's, not as it's, just it's so easy. You can't screw this up. Okay, let's roll now. <laughs> this is what we came for, guys. Yes. Uh, this is the US UK uh, version since you have dual citizenship. I do. Okay, so you tell me what you prefer. Oh no, so someone's going to be angry at me. Yeah, that's the idea. America or England. Yeah. You can, I want you to get uh, so kicked so out mean. of both countries. That's the idea of this. Um, messed up, man. James Bond or Jason Bourne? James Bond. I mean, there's more history there. It's a little. I don't have to justify it. It's just James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> but Paul Greengrass. I love Paul Greengrass. Love He's him. English. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> uh, Jason Statham or Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what do you want to know, Vin? What's your jam? That voice, it's the whole package. Well, right? you know, I saw, I saw, um, I saw, what's the film that, that I saw just recently Curious for the first time? No, I haven't seen any of those films, but I saw Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah, sure. He's really pretty good in that he film. Is. I love Vin Diesel. <laughs> and he doesn't take himself seriously, he messes around a lot with the I, whole Dungeons and Dragons stuff. And the, that's serious to him. Don't, don't no, no, make fun of his Dungeons and Dragons. No, dude. but what I mean is, is that I love you, Vin. <laughs> Uh, Ricky Gervais or Amy Schumer? R Ricky Gervais. I, the English office is so seminal Ever. and so... Uh, you can't... It's, I don't know who, if anyone's ever going to do it better. I love what Amy Schumer is doing as well, though. Uh, Adele or Miley Cyrus? Adele. Okay. Harry Potter or Hunger Games? They both win! <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go old school for a second. Spice Girls or NSYNC? Ooh, Emma Stone will be angry at me, but Justin Timberlake won't be. 
NSYNC. I used to love NSYNC, genuinely. I used to practice their dances and do the puppet thing. And <laughs> no, and Justin, I just, I just, the weird thing about Justin, I, I admire, I love him so much. I love what he does so much. I think he is one of, obviously he's one of the greatest entertainers alive yeah. and performers and I, I've admired him so much ever since the NSYNC days. I think he's so brilliant. Um, food category, scone or bagel? Scone. Really? Of course, with the cream and the jam. Yeah, well, you can put stuff on bagels too, dude. You want to put cream on a bagel? No, I've got cream cheese though. So yeah, I know. Smoked salmon. Oh, it's delicious. I, I know. I like a vault. fish. Cadbury or Hershey's? Cadbury. I mean, everyone knows that. Well, you're aggressive all of a sudden. Well, yeah, because even Americans. I feel like you almost hit me just I didn't, now. I didn't hit you. I'm so <laughs> Your sensitive. Hands came out. Um, and I think I know, based on our earlier conversation, this, but well, Doctor Who versus Star Trek. Huh. I was never a Trekkie or a Whovian, is that what they call yeah, them? that's true. So I'm gonna go for Doctor Who. Okay. <laughs> you Doctor Who people like me now, and everyone starts Star Trek, people will dislike me. Can't uh, win them all. No, you can't. Uh, but you did in this film. What a segue. No, honestly, um, I, I, I love this film. I, I truly do. Um, you and Michael kill it. Everybody does in this, in this one. I hope people check it out. 99 Homes. 99 Homes. And uh, we'll talk again soon, hopefully. Have oh, a, I'm have sure a blast will. with uh, Mr. Bell Gibson and company. Thanks, man. Thanks for stopping by. I'll let you know how it goes. Thanks, boys. Nice to see you. Thank, Thank you. Gaze is so okay, judgmental. I know. I just no. Inside, you have a perfect body. You just don't take care of it. We, if we could just carve you out of there, we'd have a perfect statue. But you down those flaming hot Cheetos and so don't. Good. They're disgusting. So good. You talk about my tan hands. Well, you have red fingers. That's the sign of a true snacker. Did you like that? Did ya? You'd better like it or this year Santa's coming down your chimney and dumping coal over your dumbass house. I can make him do that. Check out with special guest Lauren Lapkus today at Earwolf.com on Howl or your favorite podcast app, you dumb little butthole. Ho ho! Pop. Pop? Pop. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.